If you are currently applying for jobs and interviewing, you need a realistic guide to interview for design jobs. So we reached out to Hardik, who shared a secret sauce on his experience and frameworks for interviewing. Hardik is a senior designer at Google Search, leading the user experience of Searchbox and Autocomplete. He previously designed enterprise experiences in G Suite for Google Cloud. Before Google, he has worked with Ola, Instamojo, and Wealthy Therapeutics. On the side note, if you are building a portfolio, we have Hardik walking through his portfolio and guiding us on how to build a just enough case study to get the right portfolio done. This is the Hayavati Podcast, and I'm your host, Madhuri, speaking and asking many realistic questions to designers and product managers to understand and learn and grow. Let's get started here. Interviews actually remind me, like, you know, how do we actually weigh out opportunities and all of those. But even before we go there, right, we all want to go to our ideal companies, right? That is one level. The other level is just figuring out what to work with. So I was wondering, can you give me some opinions and thoughts on those aspects as well? Yeah. um, Yeah, I think uh, at at some point, like when you're working in a job, you just know that there's you're sort of hitting the ceiling of uh, your interest and your motivation to work on the same problems, um, which which means you probably are, let's say, burned out by the same problems or you're burned out by uh, the culture or you're burned out by, let's say, the the, the processes at the, at the place. That's when you know it's time to move on and there's nothing wrong with that. It's uh, It's important to acknowledge that you have recognized that you want to move on and then lay out the next steps, right? Um, for me, I actually was looking at a portfolio of companies uh, at the time. And uh, uh, when I decided to move on from Ola, I was looking at five or six companies at the time and uh, had started interview processes with all of them. How I did that was uh, I just put them up in like a spreadsheet and I have my own sort of uh, very basic structure of like tracking, uh, like let's say who who do I talk to, what are the common um jobs that are open there and what are the people that i know in my second degree second degree network or third degree network right um just so that if let's say i want to reach out to somebody directly i want to have them on the list or i want to have some names right so that um, that, all of that speaks to like the research you do prior um prior to applying anywhere and you throw that into a like like a spreadsheet and then work from there uh work out like a timeline right how long does a typical company uh, all of those take in hiring right uh, there are there are signals available online that you can check there are glass door ratings that you can check online to see how good of a culture they have uh, or a certain company has over the other so that gives you your priority list about which companies are your uh, p0s and which ones are your p1s and p2s so then you can work from top to bottom in that list prioritize in applying to your p0s first with the utmost um, integrity and like highest fidelity of your work, however high you can go. And uh, basically design your portfolio in service of those two companies or three companies, whatever your P0s are, and and go from there basically. And um, once you start a conversation, there are a ton of delays involved, right? People don't reply on time, uh, things fall through cracks. You want to ensure that you are following up 
you're following the 2714 rule, right? To follow up after two days, follow up after seven, and follow up after 14. Um, create like your own system so that you don't end up not following up um, or you don't end up uh, failing from your end. That, uh, yeah, that's that's like how I approached it. Uh, putting a little bit of structure helped me like make sense of everything uh, a lot more, basically, instead of just winging it, you know, just relying on my inbox to tell me what to do next. That's probably not a wise idea if you are juggling through, let's say, four or five or six different companies at the same time. Okay, that makes sense. So when you say P0 companies, right, you mean like mm -hmm. these are the companies that I want to target and go, right? Like, for example, everybody, um, so this is a very common trick. Everybody wants to go to, hey, say, I want to go to these top four companies, this Google, or mm -hmm. Uber, or, you know, any of Airbnb, and they have all of this. But it also depends on where you are from. So how did you yeah. approach it that way as well? So that, you know, you saw that, okay, I have a chance, maybe I don't have a chance. How did that go? Yeah, I think... Uh this is where mentors come in, uh, right? This is where uh, mentors from your own field can help you a lot um, in assessing um, your, giving you that reality check. I think the reality check is important because it can help you not get too disappointed when you are punching above your weight, um, um, sometimes too much. Um, uh, and and where, what, what actual calibration do you set on? So it's important to talk to, let's say somebody who's a senior designer in your current company uh, if you are really good friends with them, comfortable talking to them, then you can just pick that conversation with them or somebody in the industry that you follow who is at that company, right? Um, I did that a lot. I reached out to designers who were in the companies that I wanted to end up in one day, talk to them, show them my work and get like a one hour call with them to understand how that company sees designers when they recruit and where does my work fall on the spectrum of um, something that is acceptable there. Or something that doesn't meet the bar so these are the two ways i would i would say you can uh, approach that um which would give you a fair bit of an idea of what your p0s can be not your piece what what your p0s are but what they can be right uh, everybody would put their best companies on the p0s but maybe that's not uh, you're not there yet um which is perfectly fine uh, it just means that there are some extra steps involved before you end up moving to that company so um know where you are uh, uh, you know, through like peer, peer feedback or um, through mentors and then go from there, basically. That, that makes sense. So when, uh, so to, uh, to, I actually am trying to frame this question in a better way. The thing is when you are starting out saying that, okay, this is my mentors and you know, all of this, when you started preparing for interviews, did you do mock interviews and you know did you apply in context how did you go about this process i i have been somebody who has never done mock stuff um i i should have i have been the guy who would basically turn up to a test having no prior test experience or no timing preparation and all of that i don't even prepare for my portfolio presentations where timing is very important you have to finish it in 45 minutes i just don't like it because I think it's a personality thing. I don't think it's because I'm confident or anything. I still have my doubts, but I just don't see any value in um, preparing beforehand, um, thinking it would help me in any ways when I really have to then act on my feet. So I rather just don't practice and see how it goes. And it's been fine. I think uh, it doesn't help everywhere. And uh, I have seen 
sometimes it's not helping me or sometimes uh, so I, I see it both ways right if you are the type of person who really can benefit from practice uh, and you would know it right you would know it because this is not the first time you put through a test so if you are that kind of a person yes absolutely practice do a mock round do a timing check on your presentation i don't ever uh, do that uh, for myself it's just it's just something that i'm not uh, comfortable doing or never got into a habit of doing even the design of talk that i did i had never practiced i had no <laughs> no rehearsals done i did not even turn up to um judge invitation for rehearsing on stage i said i i don't i don't want to do it i'll just come in see how it goes so yeah that's that's it's 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 a personality thing so if you are that type of person absolutely do that i think it's important that you keep keep up what you have been doing don't experiment at this point is what i would say i don't believe that you did <laughs> i don't believe that but i can i can understand why as well so. i mean i was um, i i uh, i had a few things that i wanted to say but like there was no i didn't say the entire thing once like hey let's do a round in front of the mirror and you know <laughs> see how it looks there's saying things that i wanted to say but <laughs> this is groundbreaking <laughs> i mean at some point uh, talking talking a lot becomes so much a part of the job that talking comes naturally to you <laughs> so it it no longer is something that you need to uh, you feel the need to practice but uh, yes everybody can benefit from practice i'm not saying that i think everybody should practice it's just that some people find it very hard to um do it okay i i would trust you on this and then we will move <laughs> to the next one <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, i was wondering uh, if you would uh, you know if if you were as you're now hiring designers right and you would be mm-hmm. giving certain interviews or certain exercises to them uh, how would you actually go through it or you know how did you go through these exercises that were given to you when you were applying for these jobs yeah um, a couple of things right ask a lot of questions um, typically uh, design exercises on your feet are meant to be a conversation they're not meant to be q and a Q&A. so you're not necessarily they pose the question you are answering that um don't jump to designing straight away even if you're doing let's say a whiteboard exercise don't immediately get up get up and start like making mocks on the screen uh, on 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 the whiteboard right it's counterintuitive because it's rather counterproductive uh, because they they do judge you on how quickly you uh, get into solutioning versus how open you are to just discussing the problem more so asking a bunch of questions um working through like the details of uh, you know what the what their problem statement meant they uh, i i've seen this they deliberately keep problem statements vague and uh, loosely defined it's there's a reason they want you to define it with them they want you to discuss it out with them they want you to uh, make the details concrete as you are talking with them so if you just start assuming that the details are already subconsciously communicated and just assume and start putting pen to paper that is a negative so you would want to just wait and talk it out that's like the biggest advice right and then naturally as you as you as you uh, cultivate the approach uh, where you are designing with them you are co-designing and they are sort of um, your on your side you would approach it very differently right you would 
discuss things, you would put something on the screen and then like, again, criticize it yourself. So you are literally like creating, criticizing, creating, criticizing constantly uh, while they are also nudging you in the right direction where needed. So there's like a conversation and self-critique involved. Self-critique is very important with, um, it's not about you spending those uh, 15 minutes or 30 minutes coming up with a great solution and there is, there is no time left for conversation. That's, that's, uh, in, that's a bad interview or a bad exercise. Uh, a good exercise is where you, you design, let's say four or five screens, whatever, if there are screens, I'm just taking a dumb example, but you take like four or five screens, you design them, but you arrive at those screens probably in the la in 90th percentile of your time at the 90 like literally in the let's say if it's a 30 minute presentation 25th minute is when you want to be in that position where you do have something to look at uh, sometimes like you end up having such a great conversation that you don't even finish your designs it's not even needed right because it's apparent that you you gave them the right set of things that they were looking for <laughs> to assess you Right, so it's very it's very possible that you can do that even without making a lot of mocks on the whiteboard. So know that the mocks on the whiteboard are probably like twenty percent of the entire thing. It, the rest eighty percent is how do you collaborate with a designer? So see that as a collaboration exercise, not as a uh, problem statement, and you are giving a solution um, kind of an approach. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I was wondering if. Uh, when you actually mentioned that, you know, hey, the last 10, 10 or 5% is basically the UI and the things like that. So mm -hmm. do you have a go-to method for these kind of approaches or do you generally just start off with your usual design <coughs> process and all of that? Yeah, I mean, um, it depends on like the problem statement, but sometimes um, let's say this, this some uh, random exercise that comes up a lot is uh, design so-and-so for young children or kids, right? And people say, okay, yes, let's, let me pick up like a, like a, assume like a phone and start designing and uh, here's a screen, you know, like it's, it's for the kids. So like, yes, if the buttons would be big, they'll be colorful, they'll be cheerful. But I mean, you already made a very uh, big choice which pigeonholes you into a certain approach, which is that you decided to make an app. Maybe there was a conversation even before that. So always, what is the first thought that comes to your mind when the person asks you that interview question? The moment you have that thought, see if there are any assumptions in that thought itself. Like if you, if your response to that kind of a question is, okay, so that's going to be an app. Uh, okay. So I'm going to design with like fresh color scheme, bright colors, pastel colors. No, you already made an assumption that it needs to be an app. Like stop there. Right. How basic can you be? in your assumptions so that you are left with no assumptions uh, basically so how basic of a thought can you have in response to that kind of a question which is hmm, why do kids need an app first question is like that right why do why, sorry why do why do um, kids have that problem so you you start like understanding the problem start defining that problem with them and then progressively you say okay so then maybe a digital solution is not useful or let's say a digital use solution is the only way Okay, fine. Either way, you can argue either way, depending on what the ex exact problem is. But then progressively, you can uh, uh, uncover like details and then you show like your solution in that little bit of time. Because you would have all these conversations, you would solidify the problem, you would anyways not be left with a crazy amount of solutioning time, which is good because you're not showing mocks on a whiteboard as your, as the, 
you know, the judging uh, hallmark of your skills because you already did that in your portfolio. This is about you approaching a certain problem. So this is actually evaluating a very different skill and we have like a completely different idea of how to approach it. So I, I always, um, I mean, I, I have learned having gone through these a bunch of times. So this is what I would say how you would approach it. Got it. Got it. Overall, it actually makes sense. Uh, do you have any documentation that I could share or is this uh, documentation enough? On the on the whiteboard exercises, yeah, there are there are some really good articles. I think uh, Facebook team has shared a few on Medium about uh, approaching a really good whiteboard exercise and uh, how you how you succeed at it. I think there are, and then there is also uh, some companies also do like design crits. Um, so where you have to like pick up an app or a product and then critique the app and then put your touch to. Right, like how we design it differently. So these two are the two main principal methods that I've seen in companies, and I think there are some medium uh, articles from Facebook that are that go really in depth about how to approach this. We can probably add them in the notes. Yeah, I'll add them. The, I'll take it from you, and I'll yeah. add it. Yes, mm -hmm. I amazing. Now, whiteboard and all typical things. How do you deal with in-person interviews, right? You sit to yeah. the manager, you talk about culture. How does that happen? Yeah. Um, so, again, I think it's... Uh, I've, I've had uh, some really good conversations with uh, people who are open to, let's say, having like an honest and friendly conversation, right? The, it depends on uh, what stage of the interview process do you encounter the, the, that kind of a conversation? If your portfolio has been reviewed, if your um, exercise is done, right? At this point, you're probably only discussing with uh, a product manager or a hiring or a senior designer from the company. In that case, it's they you want to know more about the company as much as they want to know about you. Um, what they want to know about you, uh, you, you can you can potentially look look at this as uh, half enough split, and they would definitely tell you that they you have time for asking questions. So you should use that wisely. Um, them asking you stuff probably would be a lot of the more of the same, right? Uh, how have you has uh, your career panned out the way it has? What kind of challenges are you looking for? What are you most excited about? But what you want to know from them is basically um, the culture of the company. Right, the the growth trajectory um, that is possible within the company. How does the company value, let's say, initiatives? Uh, people who are actually um, used to sort of going above and beyond, let's say, their their uh, line of duty, and uh, you know, be people who want to hustle more. Right? Is the com how does the company reward them? Uh, how does the company, let's say. Uh, look at the product roadmap or how far in, uh, ahead of time does the company plan out things how much time do designers get in designing all these things that you actually did not like about your previous job and which is why you are actually trying to move on you want to ensure them now having known better um how those would be in your next opportunity right so all these things about like uh, user research, right? Does the company do a lot of user research? Does the company understand their users? Does the company invest a lot in design? How much time do designers get? How much time does the company focus on uh, finishing and adding finesse to the products? So create a list for yourself, right? The things that bothered you the most in your previous company, you could 
potentially identify those early in every opportunity from that point onwards and you don't want to miss that so that conversation you have with a senior designer is an opportunity for you to get, get a sense of, of how things are in that company and uh, i would say treat that seriously instead of coming up with like fluff questions go very specific and the more specific you are the more sort of prepared you come off and um, the better answers you you can get because it's it's hard to um it's hard to not give useful answers to specific questions right it, you you can't duck out of a specific very specific question so the more specific you are the clearer picture you can paint about what life is like at that company and uh, this is important because not a lot of companies document their culture publicly the companies who document their culture publicly you can probably just read and get a sense of what things how things are there all the big companies do but uh, many startups don't so instead of um, when you have nothing to rely on the only uh, objective data point you have is probably from the person you who you can ask questions to so take that uh, seriously yeah now you mentioned that i create a list and the specificity of the whole thing right now when we mm-hmm. say culture it's a broad gamut like a broad yeah. gamut of questions that come in so can you give me an example of the specificity that you were mentioning about so that i can understand it little more better yeah i can uh, i have one question that used to be on my list for a while which was uh, when was the last time uh, you as a team um, produced an unsuccessful project basically and how did you create a retrospective on it and uh, how was it received in terms of affecting everybody who was involved this is my question which sort of uncovers a few things what kinds of um, practices or processes does the company have in in their um, in their arsenal to actually handle failures how are the how is feedback propagated let's say from the retrospective done down to everybody who was involved in the pro- uh, project and then how do you come back from that right uh, how how do you come back from that as uh, from that kind of a setback so that used to be my question to assess um, the culture a little bit you could have more specific questions about design processes right um, typical example could be do you do you all take a design cycles into account just like how you take end cycles into account how do you measure or account for design uh, designer time in a product process right so in in building a product so that could tell you about whether designers are always pressed for time in against like very tight deadlines and which tells you that design is sort of not a very important function that is seen as bringing value to the product it is almost seen as a utility that that just needs to happen before you move forward with the next step so you can you can sort of uh, uh, tease out like specific parts of the process and just focus on those and get like ask more questions there to understand uh, you know um, yeah like what are the depths of uh, uh, things that don't on the surface you get to often know about yeah that makes sense because i am now able to clearly see the difference between an overall question and like a depth based question as you mentioned yeah yeah now if if i am going for a depth based question is it right to only ask the one person that i have contact with or should i go speak to other teammates and understand the whole you know scenario how would that yeah be? yeah i mean you would you would get a chance to speak to more people you would uh, in a in a fairly uh, elaborate uh, hiring process you you get a chance to speak to a researcher product manager senior designer engineer front end engineer ux prototypers all kinds of folks and uh, 
one thing you could do is ask the same questions to all of them to get like a good uh, a collaborative filtering going going for yourself to understand like how every one of them sees the organization as and when you if you ask the questions the right way you can actually understand the power center really well like which function is like the more dominant one in the organization which function sort of ends up deciding like the priorities and the roadmap and things like that so you it's a fun exercise like it doesn't uh, it's it's not something you would uh, be able to crack from day one but if you do it really well or if you think about it really hard with and go with the right questions for all the functions then you can get a good sense of um, the the way the organization is structured and uh, and uh, how the different functions are unequal they, they they definitely are unequal not all of the functions are treated the same way in product and design and you want to understand who's who's tugging who and like uh, who's deciding and who's basically reacting so you want to get first first hand idea of um, let's say uh, like a rough a rough estimation of what that picture looks like um, just so that you don't want to go in um, completely uninformed yeah yeah that makes sense we've done all rounds of interview and all of them how do you close mm-hmm. these interviews and, you know, you close it with a good feeling. How do you do it? Um, yeah, I, I, I sometimes leave like a couple of minutes for uh, friendly chatter. Um, you know, just uh, basically um, water cooler conversations, if you can have them, depending on how the interview went. Sometimes you had a lot of fun and then you can just end it on a high, high note, right? Um, but the good thing is like after the interview ends um, you do have an opportunity to actually still make a mark by sounding professional i think that there can be follow-up emails about hey it was fun, like nice talking to you thank you for taking the time and then you can end it with a note saying i am looking forward to hearing back from you whatever right that sort of closes like the entire conversation that you just had and opens up let's say like you put the ball in their court right that they are supposed to respond now so you want to be like very uh, um, clear that way that you are uh, waiting on an answer. Um, I mean, in big companies, like recruiters typically are uh, doing all of this anyways, because they have like a very big structure around it, very uh, tight uh, structure around like handling candidates. So you wouldn't necessarily need to do that. But uh, even then, um, you can potentially ask for like a, like their email to let's say, hey, I would love to keep in touch, you know, however this pans out. Um, you know, so that you can at least have like somebody who you, if you want to reach out in the future, you at least now have like a contact who you actually met in person. So that's also something you can do depending on how it went. Um, but yeah, generally like uh, closing the conversation with a nice little short email is always a good idea. Yeah. Closing the conversation is one part and you of course put the ball in their court. Now, if you want to hear back from them and you know what happens after there's a long pause, pause or something like that how do you deal with those situations yeah i set reminders immediately after the interview is done i set reminders for myself for uh, two seven and fourteen basically two days for seven days and uh, two weeks so i um i set reminders to follow up in case i don't hear from them and uh, once i've reminded them three times i it's it's sort of um enough right like you need not send any more emails it probably is that they don't have anything to respond or it just you, you probably didn't make it or the company wasn't good that they didn't want to respond uh, it could be anything but uh, 
your due diligence, uh, things in your control are that you follow up at that kind of a cadence uh, to ensure that uh, you are waiting on them for a response. Uh, so that's how I would uh, make sure that I, I don't end up not reminding them in case I don't get a re uh, reply. You want to do that because if you are handling with multiple companies, uh, juggling with multiple companies at a time, you wouldn't know when you talk to who and uh, it's, it's hard to remember. So you just put reminders for yourself to make sure you follow up. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, uh, what if you have received a bad news and you're like, hey, uh, you're disqualified and how do you deal with it? Like, I know there's a nice way to close it. What was yeah. your go-to method? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I've had, I've had uh, a lot of rejections uh, even before Google happened, right? Um, that's the power of having a sheet and having multiple opportunities still open, right? Because you, if you only focus on one and that doesn't work out, you have sequentialized the whole process, which means you weren't focusing on anybody else that entire time. And then it all came to nothing. So this is exactly why I had that framework of, of focusing on multiple opportunities at a time. So you hedge your time and hedge your bets, right? And multiply your efforts. If you made a portfolio, it doesn't take that much more of a time or an effort to apply to more than one companies. So if you have that kind of a rejection, I would say you still, let's say, write a nice note and end it. There's no, not much you can do actually at that point. Um, you can say that, like, you can see if it is actually just a timing issue, you can ask that question in that rejection, response to that rejection email saying, whether they would like to reconnect, let's say six months down the line or a year down the line. So you at least have a channel of communication open in case you want to reach out to them in future. Um, but that, yeah, that's about it. That, and uh, other than that, you just basically move on for that point, yeah. That makes sense. Now, the only question that I ask is like, in terms of, uh, this is like the final question that I, like you received the offer, how do you say yes? What parameters will make make sure that okay, this is the yes for me and this is the no for me. How do you accept these things? Yeah, um, so even without uh, without you having to make a disclosure to the uh, to the person who you are negotiating with, know a number that, you, that would make you say yes. Always have a number in mind and uh, that way you know basically how you are valuing your skills and whether the company also values it at roughly the same level or is it like you basically you, you want to gauge how far off their number is, right? Is it within the ballpark? So it's even more important to come up with a range, right? How low is it acceptable for you to go in order to make the most of this opportunity? And then what is your ideal scenario? So if you have a range in mind and also companies have ranges in mind, they don't have like specific numbers. They're always working with ranges. Um, then you can actually calibrate what, what end of the range do they their offer falls on and then you can make the necessary trade-offs the trade-offs could be about um what are the perks are they offering what other uh, let's say um salary is one part right do you on top of that do you there are many other um aspects that you can evaluate an opportunity on um basically the people you get to work with the cost of the opportunity like is it going to be more difficult or less difficult getting in the company later uh, is it now is now like a very like um, sort of have you approached the company at the right time right like should you take this opportunity and not let this go uh, because in future it will be more difficult 
or let's say the team that is hiring right now is it one of a kind that probably doesn't hire often which means you want to like not miss out on the opportunity even if it means you like sacrifice on couple of other things so you want to know like uh, what is your assessment of all those factors right um and then comes the all the perks right the perks are as i said um is the team really great do they not hire often which means the opportunity is very rare and you have been selected for it so should you value it differently then does the company sponsor a lot of learning does the company uh, sort of promote a lot of uh, uh promote culture of like you improving yourself right does the company invest in you as well right in your betterment in the quality of life improvement for you does the company let's say send you on conferences does the company have budget for like your well being all kinds of things that can these all play a huge role in evaluating um, opportunities sometimes like for a certain amount of delta in two different offer letters we end up choosing the one with more money but the one with slightly Uh, less money could have actually had better perks that you value over a longer term so think about that and then there is this nice concept called uh, batna which is basically best alternative to uh, your negotiation negotiation agreement right um what is your best alternative in case let's say the agreement doesn't happen uh, right and what is your worst alternative in case the agreement doesn't happen is your worst alternative that you have nothing else lined up okay then that's that's something you should keep in mind and the best alternative is that probably you get to work on yourself and you get to move on to a better company fair enough so you that that's that's your decision there right so this is how i would evaluate um uh evaluate all of that uh, put together right uh, a lot of people purely judge an opportunity based on salaries which is a very um myopic view of what an opportunity can actually offer like things like do i get to work with a ceo do i get to work directly with the leadership do i have a great opportunity to grow into a leadership role myself right sometimes people look for that that kind of a thing versus picking something that just paid more i mean something that just paid more could be a very valid reason at a certain time in your career but progressively you should uh, look at more than that yeah yeah that makes sense um closing notes would you like to add any um um no yeah i think just keep hustling you know like uh, i think the community and the the field of design is very uh, rewarding if you have the right intentions in mind and if you are honest if you do the the if you work really hard and uh, you know are true to yourself true to the craft and and uh, do not want to employ any of the uh, bad tactics to grow fast in your career i think that the the domain is very rewarding it's it, basically gives like a great career to anybody who wants to you know serve the field honestly so i would say just keep at it and uh, uh, work hard and uh, always talk to like other people in the industry you know like always be open to more perspectives uh, and uh, uh, don't just work on your own and work work in a work in an isolated corner uh, participate in conversations um, you know make friends from the field and like understand what they are going through that all of this would help you develop like a good perspective um on how you should look at your career and above all have a mentor if you if you really can right like almost chase a mentor yeah right like pick, like run run after somebody until they'll agree to being a uh, mentor to you um only mean it as a joke don't stop people but uh, uh but yeah i mean if you're lucky to find a mentor i think that's uh, that can be a game changer for your career
it's been for me so i, I can definitely speak to the impact it can have that makes sense i totally agree mentorship is totally yeah. a game changer yeah thank you so much <laughs>